Yo, Adam. Yo, what's up, Peter? You ever heard that before? No, what is this? Ah, uh, you're in for it now. I'm about to tell you what makes this track great. Okay. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice and inspiration coming at you. Coming at you today, we're sponsored by Open Studio. You know what I was thinking, Peter? What? When I say we're sponsored by Open Studio, I feel like some people might think that Open Studio is some company that like supports the show yeah. and we're just hawking their products. But That's really, right. we are Open Studio. We are Open There's Studio. There's not really anybody telling us what we can and can't do sponsor-wise. We just have our own selves as sponsors. I know that's weird, but it gives us a bit of freedom. And so uh, that's why we've decided to expand our format yes. to this longer form. We've already heard from some of you that you're loving the longer form format. Which that's I'm right. Very happy about. This is by popular demand. It was by proactive popular demand. That's right. Uh, both for ourselves and for our dear listeners, as we say, our, and like yeah, our dear leaders. Our no, dear leader. No, wait, no, no. Wait, we're getting we, off that. This we is are the dear leaders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the, but yeah, this is not only sponsored by Open Studio. This is an Open Studio production, Dang as right. it were. Dang right. And um, we're excited to be here in 2021 and. And um, experimenting or just really realizing some of the different ideas that we had that we could never quite force into the shorter format. I mean, we could have, but, you know, we care too much about our dear listeners. That's right. Um, But it's just so fun. Like, you know, the stuff that we like to listen to and you guys that we all like to listen to is it's an endless well, as we say. Um, and not the creepy kind where there's where you're storing uh, dead bodies or anything. Not that kind of creepy well, but just like an endless well of beautiful goodness of music and it's always amazing the tracks that i hear about someone will be like have you heard such and such i'm like what how did i miss that i think i've heard it all same with you we're very cocky in that way but i thought today would be very cocky. i mean you especially (laughs) but me too but i thought it would be fun to do kind of a what makes this track great and we could do a little bit of analysis and breakdown but i thought you know what why do it like we normally do it where it's like something we both know and that everybody knows some kind of herbie hancock standard yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of blue how many times we got to listen to that no but i wanted to find something oh, i had that, that queued up for next week okay good to know good to know <laughs> but i want to find something and i came in here kind of 95 percent sure but you've heard a lot of stuff you know um so but i've kind of figured that you hadn't heard this track i mean i've heard i don't i don't want to say most music but i've heard like of jazz (laughs) i mean like 99 percent. no i'm just kidding (laughs) well you know what it is this record i just know for some reason (laughs) you know was uh it's just under the radar you talk about hidden gems the whole thing and sometimes a, a recording um, especially a live recording like this is, is under the radar for a reason in that it's good, great musicians, but it's nothing like really special compared to some other things from that same era or with those same combination of musicians. Yeah. So it's easy to be like, well, that's fine, but why are we going to spend a whole bunch of time talking about that when there's this other representation that's better audio quality or better night or whatever? Can I can I make it just a brief aside here? That Please. I was speaking of just finding hidden gems and listening to music and yeah. being a snob about listening to music. I saw this video of Questlove uh, like a day in the life of Questlove, yeah. you know, the drummer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the most famous musicians in the world. Yeah. You've DJ heard of him. Slash uh, he, <laughs> he tries to listen to 100 new songs every day. I think I saw that same. What's like while that he's about? driving into NBC. I was just that, right? like, oh, 
screw you, yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Come on. A hundred new songs a day. I don't think he said he tries. I think he said I that's, he that's his routine. That's his routine. Yeah, he's crazy. What is that all about? That's, diabolical. That's diabolical. And then he has like, I think he just uses pretty simply like Spotify. He, he's got a program somehow where it suggests stuff, but it'll never suggest the same thing twice or it's something incredible. like that. incredible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you if you don't want to go deep into like the comparing mind, don't compare yourself to Questlove. Just, you're not going to win that fight. I know. You're just, I know. It's not going to happen. That's crazy though. Um, so okay, so we're speaking of hidden gems. I don't know what you just played at the outset there. Oh yeah. Do, oh, so you totally never heard this. It's still going, by the way. Oh, huh? cool. You want me to start? I'm gonna start it again. Ah, swinging. I'm gonna start it again, but not yet. We're. Gonna, I'm just gonna introduce a little bit. Should I say who it is? Or you? Yeah. I mean. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. What okay. is it? I mean, it's so obviously is, it's Billy's bounce. This is Billy's bounce. This is Stan Getz and JJ Johnson. Come on. From Live at the Opera House. Uh, this is like the. Was it San Francisco? Somewhere on the West Coast, some opera house on the West Coast, 1957. What do you remember about that year? Well, I remember that it was quite a cold year. Uncharacteristic. <laughs> no, no, I have no idea. I have no idea either. But this was a good year. Are, are we talking like steaming, relaxing, and working yeah. as kind of a reference point? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I believe uh, Saxophone Colossus. Saxophone no, 56, maybe. Sometime around. There. I mean, Sometime you know, we could, we could put it all in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, Stan Getz on tenor, J.J. Johnson trombone. And this is one of the um, Jazz at the Philharmonic uh, productions, Norman Grant's. Uh, Who's on piano? Records. A gentleman out of uh, our northern neighbors, Canada, named Oscar Peterson. Oh, Ever see. heard of him? Yeah, so this is peak Oscar. This is 57, you said? Yeah. So this is when he was doing all like the Irving Night. Berlin sound, song, oh, right. all this songbook like phase, right? right? That's, That's good right. stuff going That's through right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Night Train was a little before this or right around there? Right around this, okay. I think, yeah. Yeah. So um, as opposed to what was Oscar's bad phase exactly? <laughs> you said this was his good phase? <laughs> no, this was his songbook phase. Oh, songbook phase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Where he was doing like the music of Gershwin and the music of, I don't right. know why I said it in the voice. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, the music of Nirvana. What? I'm going to do the music of Gershwin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the cool thing about this is this is really the Oscar Peterson trio, I believe, from around that time with Herb Ellis and Ray Brown. Oh, man. Plus Connie Kay. On drums. What do you know oh, about Connie, Connie K? K on the drums. Not talked about enough. A wonderful swinger. But I don't think that, I mean, maybe he was playing with Oscar Peter, but I mean, Herb Ellis, Ray Brown, they and Oscar played together a lot in different situations yeah. over the years. But I believe that was like the trio at that time. Can Certainly I, there was a lot of Norman Grant's productions that included that either as accompaniment, you know, um, or in line with Ella Fitzgerald and all the different illustrious jazz stars of the day. I just, I want to have a little Herbie Ellis appreciation here because every time I hear an Oscar Peterson trio, record these days uh like in my later years i don't know why i'm saying later years like <laughs> in my 90s but uh but as i'm dying and i hear uh and i hear an oscar Peter, but i and i'm like oh that's amazing it's usually with herb ellis somewhere yeah. i'm involved so i don't know if like what their chemistry was but i feel like they made each other swing so hard that was yeah that was a great combination and um this kind of you know it, it, it this is an interesting recording because it has all the Potential of kind of being a thrown together all star in probably a difficult sound room for a small group. You an, know, opera an opera house doesn't house. sound great. Yeah, right? yeah. But this recording is so great, and it's one of the first jazz records I really heard. I got a big shout out to Roger Davenport, our friend, uh, trombonist. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Davenport's father, and kind of one of my second fathers uh, musical. I grew up. Uh, um, very influenced by him and like when we first were learning to play jazz he gave us some great jazz recordings and this was one of them he just he loved J.J. Johnson because he's a trombone player yeah. he's a classical trombone player but you know everybody loves all trombone players just because J.J.'s like he's kind of like Wint Marsalis with the trumpet no matter what style you play just his virtuosity at the instrument was For sure. sort of a lot of insider stuff well no, it's funny because all trombonists love J.J. Johnson but all dads <laughs> love uh, Stan Getz I've learned right. that that's a fact that's right my right. dad loves Stan Getz girl yeah 
Yeah. yeah. Well, Stan, I mean, Stan Gretz. And it, I, I didn't appreciate him until I had a kid. And I was like, man, this guy. <laughs> so you started doing your dad jokes. Oh, and yeah, jumping as soon into as Stan I was a Gretz. dad, I was like, man, this cat. Yeah. And so, of course, known uh, for a little bit later from this, but for the, you know, uh, uh, Stan, Stan Getz and Joe Beam, you know, those recordings of, uh, you know, such a classic thing and associated with Stan Getz, but we forget what a swinging bebop and blues inspired oh, saxophonist he was as well. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard Stan Getz with the Oscar Peterson trio? Have you yeah. ever heard that record? Of course. That's and that's amazing. very much coming out of this style, I think, that we hear on this, but yeah. even maybe a little bit more, I would say, on this recording because it's live. They're cutting loose a little bit more, which is interesting. All right. Well, I want to hear it. I want to okay, hear Okay. Let's listen to it. All right. You know what I mean? This is how we do it. Okay, gotta stop it right there. Gotta stop it right there. Already, already, already. <laughs> okay, that Ten intro. In. It's 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 so random in a way because it's not like a chorus, and it's just like it's kind of playing the first uh, phrase and then like answering it and then playing the first phrase and then answering it again, which could be a no no, but like. Oscar, like he's setting the vibe, he's setting the groove. He's playing so sweet, like he could literally start just playing a major scale up and down with that groove, and it would be fine. And shout out to the recording engineer for throwing up a sure SM7B on Oscar's <laughs> vocals. I know, <laughs> and I think it's the same one picking up the piano. I as know, well. <laughs> yeah, you could hear it clear as day. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, actually, kind of badly recorded piano. I think the horns are recorded pretty well. I mean, it's a live recording; it's 1957. Yeah, what are you gonna but do? you're getting the vibe for sure. So. Can you play it from the top? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Connie K catches that. Woo! Is the perfect fill and a lot of them yeah now ray brown is not really walking until they're fully uh. which is such a great like you know structural thing that he does there Hold connie k's hitting those bombs on let's, the let's listen to it from the beginning just one more time just do the heads and just everybody check out what oscar peterson does on some of these fills that and that that yeah yeah in between the melody oh phrases. my goodness check out connie k's bass drum starting to solo okay what's your reaction so far so uh, this is my favorite oscar line it's just perfect if you don't know what this is so it's just here we're in the key of f here he does this at the end after the two five so here it's a bluesy double stop bluesy double stop. based off the fifth i have start with g and d and then we we do this little turn around the g a flat g f back to the g and then he does the same thing with D and A. Uh. Yeah. Classic awesome. Oscar. Yeah. And a little foreshadowing. I know you've never heard this before, but you're going to hear, 
Oscar, as he can do, forces in that two dominant to five all the way from the beginning. And so they start playing that later on. Thank goodness. <laughs> They're like, okay, I guess if Oscar. I can guess do. Oscar. So you can check out. I'll pull it back just a little bit. We could sit here all all day on the, this first but the way that they're phrasing this melody is yeah. so slick and yeah, i yeah. love tenor and trombone and the way that they bring the melody down they could have played it up like the second part of the melody they bring it down into that tenor trombone actually let's check that out again you know what this is our show we can do whatever we want again we don't we have no sponsors we, have, we, have, <laughs> we got time on our hands yeah, we're good too. okay confidence can you come in confidently oscar yes you can Unison melody except just a couple places. See, they go down there. They're phrasing it right together. Okay, check this out. Okay, I just want to stop it there. What's your reaction so far? Swinging. Swinging, Damn right? Damn, it's swinging, yeah. And also, Stan Getz has the smoothest eighth note ever. So smooth, and like, but it's swinging so hard, it's pretty intense already. Yeah, it's right? already- Like, the, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Ooh, I feel see. like you you know, and I don't know. It's very <laughs> suspenseful, but can I just say I just love- That's my favorite bit of language so far. And so on this solo, I would say- you know, Stan gets, I've always thought, because I heard it so early on, I didn't realize this, there's so much like prototypical, prototype bebop playing, like almost omnibook type level, yeah. but he's executing it so well. Like uh, if you want to get bebop vocabulary. Also, it's 1957. What, it's else, 1957. what else is he supposed to play? Post-bop? Come on. But then the way he layers in the blues, we're going to hear the blues. I don't want to give it away though, because this is your first Can time. I'm so excited. To, spell this out for this our This dude listeners. is so excited here, man. On the, on the two chord, on the G minor seven, so this E, F, D, B flat, A, G. Everybody go learn that. That's such a cool little piece of language. Yeah. Basically surrounding the the G minor 7. Oh, so nerdy. He's so lucky that uh, Oscar Peterson didn't get mad at him for not doing To make that into a dominant too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's lucky. Oscar could have gone ballistic on him. Second chord. Woo! We got there. We got... Right, B flat seven. That's what I'm saying. He's doing a lot of this kind of bebop stuff, but he's throwing in a little bit of something that's not you're not necessarily thinking about with Stan Getz. A little bit of the old school. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to no, react okay, to my bad? <laughs> no, a little bit of old school walk in the bar kind of tenor stuff. Yeah, he throws walk in, in the bar. I know he's what you walking, mean. You know what I'm saying? What do you hear J.J. Johnson doing? I, I was fo so focused on Stan Getz. Can I hear that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to line it up so you can hear I mean, it. I heard some...
background. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, a little phrase there. But it's yeah. kind of busy. It's a little busy. Yeah. And it just works. It's like like how you didn't really hear it the first time. To me, that's the perfect background. It's yeah. like a comping. He's comping. Yeah. You know? And he's not like you can hear it clear. He's on the mic. It's not like he's at the edge of the stage. You probably wouldn't be able to hear it. Yeah. He's on like and Stan Guest just charges ahead. And I think it's that whole energy of how like they start out at eleven in terms of swing and energy and just make well, I don't want to give it away. No, no, no. no. There's but a good chance they're gonna maintain can it. Can we just talk a little bit about the swing groove and why it's swinging so hard? Yes. So Listen to how on the one each member of this rhythm section is. The yeah. one is so clear and emphasized, and it just helps propel the music forward. Check it out. See if you can play a little bit from maybe this beginning of Stan Getz's solo. Listen for the one, beat mm. one. Even when they're off the one, it's all to bring you to the one later. That's a lot of background. It just fits. And Oscar Peterson's soloing on top of that. (laughs) He never stops soloing. Listen to... And Herb Ellis is like comping heavy. Well, Herb and Ray are just yeah. quarter note machines. Yeah. Connie K too. All right, so, so hold on. So I want to point out something. So you heard Oscar. <laughs> For all of those people who say like, you should only play root position voicing. <laughs> you tell me then how Oscar Peterson can get away with. <laughs> Way down there. Oh, Come yeah, on now. It sure. sounds great. It's for a whole sure. different timbre. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, Stangas is doing, he threw in earlier that... You know, one, minor three, deep, you know, yeah. whatever the hell. He's doing a lot of, like, stuff, vocabulary-driven things that if you want to learn some slick stuff, you can learn it here. But then there's a lot of blue stuff. He's doing a lot of, you know, straight uh, diminished scale, really yeah. slick usage because of his rhythmic feel. Yep. We'll pick it up there. It's really a lot of what we call stock playing. like a whole what was that Half step up, maybe. Yep, yep. Yeah. A flat minus D flat seven, and Oscar doesn't play, but it still works. You know, he doesn't try to like catch it. He like, heard what it was. Oh man, it doesn't matter if, if the hit. rhythm section gets it. Like right. sometimes that rub is what's so good. Exactly. JJ back with the background. Different background. Yeah. It's riffs. It's riffs. It's a lot of polyphony going on. 
you know what he's doing a lot of too um for all our yeah. pianists out there you like if you wanted to throw especially on a blues like this you hear oscar doing this all over the place either this or this even if it's just on the f right and it's not like a c7 you can throw this c7 sharp uh sharp nine <laughs> Right? As a little, just a dominant, like a little 5-1 within it, right? You hear it going to the B-flat, and then when he gets back. He, I mean, not every time, but you hear that all throughout this. He's basically, like, resolving the one chord over and over and over again, even within the one chord, doing little things like... Like, res, like making little re- resolutions, or one time he went, like, uh... Uh... uh something like that, right? Where yeah. he... he is doing these resolutions within the one chord mm. to resolve upon itself. Try to listen for that as we go through here, because he's not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you know? You never heard it. <laughs> he will never stop. I've never heard him not be good. If it works. I thought he was going to end the solo there. Oh, Oscar? No, never. <laughs> uh, rhythm section. That's classic there. Can we just, just talk about that entrance yeah. there? That's how Stan Getz ends his solo, yep. right? Yep. And J.J. Johnson picks up that baton and keeps going with it. Yeah. Like such a, I mean, it's almost a cliche, but it's for a reason because it's just, it's such an easy way. Imagine for a second that you didn't have to create anything as you were improvising. Imagine if you could just took something that someone else just did and play it over the course of four, eight, uh, or 12 bars as JJ will do. Well, and I think it's a very astute observation for you hearing this for the first time because Thank you very much. as I revisited this recording, I realized, you know, like everything that goes into it's a live recording. There's high energy, obviously. There's, yeah. um, y- you know, the swing starts with a kind of intensity that's almost startling in a way. Mm. And um, and then Stan Getz kind of plays just this continuously swinging, phrasing solo. Oscar Peterson is just, you know, playing a lot. A lot of these... You know, I mean, just All it's just it. like chorus is yeah. cascading. I mean, Ray Brown is just relentless with the beat. Connie Kay's dropping the bombs. So I think that like you can just feel like J.J. Johnson came in totally open. It was like whatever. I mean, if Stan Getz had been like, he would have been like, and then yeah, like, he was totally in service to like whatever was going to happen. There That's was right. no preconceived of like where am I going to come. And so there was a certain arc and intensity, and I think that that also speaks to the backgrounds that we're going to see so not to give it away again but there's going to be some more backgrounds and oh, stuff don't spoil it man oh, okay. i didn't know there were, uh, no on. but you know what though so this is a great point though i think your your reference to being open all right our, our inclination when things are going well it's like okay well what can i do to yeah. either not mess it up or to yeah. make it even better so you're, you're oh that was such a great so i gotta really well, come up with something so right. cool now. so your instinct is maybe stan gets you know ends with and you're like oh okay you know 
you know, something impressive. Oh, wah, that, wah, yeah. Wah, but wah. but to be open to the moment, by the way, which is what's happening throughout all of this. Yes. I, Oscar is being open to the moment. Stan Getz is hearing Oscar do things like, you know, yeah. that stuff and go and expanding on it. This is the essence of the music we make. This is why we improvise. If we yeah. were just going to do things prescribed and think of them the chorus before, then don't bother showing up. You right. Know? Absolutely. And I think this way that they're playing on here, this is just one style of playing, even for them, for these musicians. But there's like a, an acceptance of playing on top of each other because of the, the appropriateness for this form and the way that they're playing harmonically and they're, they're really big ears and stuff. It works. There's this collective improvisational element that doesn't always work sometimes there needs to be more of like space and then you fill in and then you're back and forth but this is not the time for that let me guess can i guess the order that this came in the concert i i don't know but yeah guess because i want to guess too because it comes at the beginning of the record oh shit but i don't think it i i I don't think they started if they started here that would be incredible because i was going to say this is either the opener or it's the closer Right. I think it's later on. The only thing is maybe it's like the beginning of the second set. It almost has that feel to it. Yeah. Like they're coming out and like they've already established the vibe. They went to the bar. They well, went to- <laughs> at least Stan Getz went to the bar. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Had a couple, a couple of drinks yeah, and they yeah. came back and yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we pick it up there. The yeah. J.J. Johnson Let's do solo. It. Stop that, stop that. <laughs> I don't even know what the notes were, but you he was he was doing dunka uh dunka uh drum dunka uh Mm-mm. So we were talking about before uh, on our live podcast the importance of transcribing drum solos or at least like listening and, and being able to sing drum solos. That's why. Can you back mm-hmm. it up about ten seconds? You can yep. hear that or whatever it was. Right up here. No. Kidding. Here. Woo! That was a slick way to come out of it. Babe, who, babe? I want to know this now. I think it was that. Or something like that. Yeah. Woo! That's so happening, man. So again. Oh, sorry. Here we go. Ah, uh, that's, that's JJ, such a JJ, JJ Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. yeah. He almost, yeah, definitely had like some Clifford Brown influence in his phrasing. I feel like on the trombone. Can we just make a note here too about, especially here on the B, after the four chord? There's a lot of E natural going on. Yeah. Can we just say that? Don't be afraid of that. I know what you're thinking. You're on a blues, right? And it's, everything's got to be E flat. Not the case. Both Stan Getz and now J.J. Johnson both played a ton of E natural over that F chord, right? right? Especially when they're heading down, right? That's right. They're not. They're not scared of the major seven. Woo. You shouldn't be either. No. But do it like that. Hip.
Oscar still just yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh. Just jabbing in there right at the right times. This is actually both these solos are for those of you that want to transcribe on any instrument. These would be good ones. Um, and there's a clarity there, especially like how JJ Johnson's playing in this area that you can really get some great vocab stuff on this. This guy was pretty good at the trombone. I know it's not an easy instrument. See, the trombone doesn't suck as it turns out. My goodness. <laughs> He liked that six. He loved the six. That's pretty high on the trumpet. Yeah. Like, might as well just, yeah. You might as well just put a clavinet in Oscar's hands, right? It's just gonna be I like, know, it's just like. Never-ending string of eighth notes, right? It's just like, yeah, so just give him. Yeah, it's just pure funk at this point. Woo! Yeah, it's great. All right, so I think it's one more course of J.J. Johnson. Then a little quiz for you. Okay. Into the unknown. What do you think is going to happen next? Piano solo. No, you are wrong, sir. Bass solo. No. Drum solo. You're not going to guess. Okay. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> Backgrounds? But check it out. So, so Getz comes back in, and it is a background, but it's not like a traditional like I'm going to come in and play in the background. He kind of comes in and picks up on what JJ Johnson's playing up right. in there, as a little, and then riffs on it. So he's still giving room for J, but JJ doesn't shy away from it. So they're kind of playing together. Yeah. And to me, and like what? I'm, well, I don't want to give it away, but I'm just saying. <laughs> like to me, this is like it's so free, and it's happened so many times. But in a, another way, it has. It's usually like. Oh, let's wait. Your soul's done. Let's go to the next thing. I just love the fact that they're open to something and it's like an organic flow. And it's a very modern way of trading off. And yeah. It's not even trading. It's just like, it's kind of coming in and getting on top of somebody. For you know? sure. For sure. But in a legal way. So I'm going to take it back a little because so you can hear how Getz comes back in. I'm just blown away by what's going on. Oh, I know. Yeah. While Oscar Peterson's doing his own solo anyway. Ah. <laughs> uh. Playing exactly that background, yeah. Yeah. Uh. There's your E natural, plenty of them. Ah. Uh. 
polyphony going yeah. on. So what'd you think of that? That's what what you expected, right? That was not at all what I was expecting. That was awesome, though. So they just, they, like, it it almost happened seamlessly. It looks like Stan Getz took, what, maybe eight bars before J.J. came back in off of his solo. And I heard somebody say something. I don't know if it was, like, to get, you know, it was, like, a decision was made. I heard something said. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. Back it up, back it up. This is, again, it's our podcast. We do whatever we want here. Okay. I like it. I like your style. I love the way he's like breaking up that scale. It's so cool. So this is like the kind of background still. Hear him say something? Sounded like thank you very much. Wow. That's just listening right there. Yeah, they're they're definitely just trading back and forth. But the, similar language yeah but it's like they're not it's not like oh we have to play right together it, you know what it reminds me of it's like old school and not even just old school because we still play like this in new orleans where you're actually soloing at the same time yeah and you're listening to each other but it's not like one person's playing backgrounds to the other and you're not trading per se it's almost like you're trading at the same time it's almost like this podcast if you think it is it. it's like if you're talking on top of, like it's hard to I talk mean, I was if gonna we tell were to you, try to say Peter, something at the I same time you it was that, that you know, i'm trying to, i mean you're yeah. gonna trip up i know because of just you're not trained in this exactly like am, exactly but, because if we've done this before it's a matter of talking not at each well, other. Well, it's a matter of talking with but each other with each other while but we are at, at each, each other, other but, but with a screen <laughs> <laughs> a, I think it's a, it's a theater, it's a theater, theater game. game. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's like I mean, not what just happened. No, no, no. That was, no. That, that was doing like mimicking. <laughs> they're never doing that. They're not mimicking, but they are. They're having a conversation. They're presenting something, and it's so complicated. Because at one point, Stan gets is like, and does like kind of out of time bluesy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but JJ Johnson could have played that along with him or joined it, but he just keeps like, and it just. It's almost like the way that Oscar Peterson sold it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Oscar Peterson's buying the guy. I think they're like, Oscar Peterson's already sold. <laughs> 
And Oscar yeah. Peterson's like, I don't care if you both solo. Wait, you can bring a whole yeah. big band. I'm going to keep soloing. Yeah. <laughs> I was soloing from the intro. <laughs> like, we were going to give you a solo, Oscar, but you just took a nine-minute solo. I, so I think Oscar Peterson knew he was getting a solo. So he's he like, was just you know like, what? <laughs> That's great to hear, oh, though. Man. Man. So right. let's hear the ending. Come on. Okay. Gotta, gotta, gotta. The way they slide back into the melody. Wow. Yeah. Dynamics, man, on this last chorus. Ray Brown. We just give it up for a second. You know, part of the swing feel on that is is Ray Brown and Connie Kay's right foot playing together. Yeah. Like that feathering the bass drum, that bass drum was turned up a little loud. Can you go to like somewhere in the middle, maybe on Stan Getz's solo? Listen for the bass drum and, and the bass. That's a yeah, lot of bass drum. Every beat. That's beyond feathering, right? Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's pummeling. That's pummeling, yeah. That's, <laughs> but might, that's what I'm saying is the opera house boning. is weird. <laughs> it's Whoa. a bone. <laughs> Whoa. So, but check this out. There's so much stuff, as many times as I've heard this, check out the end, what Ray Brown plays. Well, first of all, the dynamics. Like, how could you be swinging that relentlessly and then come down at the end? That's such a cool thing. It's really? like, Connie K breaks it down before yeah. they even get to the yeah. end. I Guys, we're going to keep it at 10 for about eight <laughs> minutes, and then I'm going to need you to take it down to about right. two. But to be able yeah. to keep the swing going, that's very hard to yeah. do that. Yeah, wow. And the way they just slide back in. I almost think there was an edit on this. Maybe there was. Man. It's not. No. not. It sounds like it. You only notice Connie Kay's not feathering when he's not feathering. <laughs> right, right. But check out when he, how he uh, changes the dynamic. Right there. Ray Brown leaves the line. Oscar Peterson doing the same yeah, thing. still solo. <laughs> check out the note that, that uh, Ray Brown ends on. Ray Brown plays all the way up there. That that's that harmony note that Stan gets is playing. He ends on the it's like boo boo da boo boo do da, and then after the time stops, he's like, and plays a really cool line going down. Man, I did a little bit of. Let me just make sure I didn't mess it up. And he's playing the rhythm of the melody, Ray Brown. Yeah. And I did last week, I did a, a YouTube video for Open Studio. By the way, we're brought to you by Open Studio. But I did this YouTube video on deeper dive into some Ray Brown stuff. And what's amazing about everything he does is it seems like it already existed. Mm. It seems like the obvious choice to be like, right. and then, 
or whatever he did yeah, yeah. down. You know what I mean? But it's because it, it's all so simple. What he's doing there is so it's the placement of it, though. I, but wow. that's what makes it so sophisticated. Like yeah. being simple is the hardest friggin' thing to do. I know. You know, and he's so good at it, man. Yeah. Wow. That's thank you for introducing me. That's great. It's a good record, man. The whole Ooh. the whole record. I, I want to dive back into. It. I actually haven't listened to it recently that much. But it, I listened to it so much at a young age and had the LP and everything that it's kind of just one of those records that's with me. And hopefully for the listeners, hopefully this is a new one, maybe like it was for like an Adam discovery. This is a, yeah, a discovery great. for everybody. Um, but there's nothing like a great j- live album, especially from this era, from any era. But when it was just like going for broke and you really could, you know, feel the vibe. I and- mean, that's the energy that we're going for. Right. And so oftentimes the best studio albums were we always compliment by saying like you could really feel that energy like they're playing to get you know what i mean so trying to recreate it yeah usually the only thing that holds back live albums like this is the actual sound but this sounds great yeah cool yeah well there you go that's uh how we do it man this was fun are you available next week we'll come back and do this again here at the podcast i know it's my shot again next week thanks everybody (laughs) for listening until next time you'll hear it